Greetings from the Long Island Sound podcast. Welcome to the show. Please rate, review, and comment on the show. And call our listener line and leave a message for our guests. Dial 631-800-3579. All right, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Long Island Sound Podcast, where we explore the muse and music from the North Shore to the South Shore, from New York City to the Hamptons, on the island of Long here in New York. I'm Steve Yusko from GigDestiny.com. Stay tuned as we explore the Long Island Sound. Hi, I'm Andy Cooney, and you're listening to the Long Island Sound Podcast with Steve Yusko. Enjoy. If you ever go across the sea to Ireland, then maybe at the closing of your day, you will sit and watch the moon rise over and see. Hi, everybody. This is Steve Yusko from GigDestiny.com, your host for Long Island Sound. And let me tell you, it is a special day today, especially with St. Patty's Day coming up. I have a special guest. He's known as really an ambassador between the Irish culture, in my opinion. Uh, I'm not Irish. I'm married to an Irish gal. And uh, we romanticize us non-Irish about being Irish, especially in the month of March. He's got, I don't know, 19 albums to his name, a new one coming out. And I happened to be driving by uh, Babylon Village and saw that he has an upcoming show. And I checked with a friend of mine, Mike Nugent, who said, yeah, I, I think I can get in contact with him. And he and he shared your uh, his contact information. And I want to welcome to the podcast, Mr. Andy Cooney. Welcome, Andy. Hi, Steve. It's great to be with you. Oh, man. I tell you, it's, it's, uh, I'm kind of a uh, little fandom here because I've seen you uh, play. I've, I've been to Carney's in uh, Pete's Place in Amityville. I saw your show there. And I'm telling you, my mother-in-law is going to die when she realizes I did a podcast with the famous Andy Cooney. So. <laughs> That's it. It's the mother-in-laws and the mommies that love me. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a great it's a great thing. So, you know, the the theme of uh, this podcast is the Long Island Sound, and you certainly contribute to the Long Island Sound, even though you're an international guy. Uh, you've you've been everywhere. You have a, a travel program that friends of mine have gone on and rave about and i'm just not blowing smoke up you know your kilt so to speak but uh it's very interesting the way you go about it yeah it's, it's been a you know steve it's been kind of a journey and especially long island you know which is what you like to focus on with your show all these things going on and i came up uh in the 80s in the irish music scene there were loads of irish places here on long island mm-hmm. you had katie daly's you had the stack of barley you had the whistling gypsy Oh, wow. Jolly Tinker. There was lots of places and they all had bands. Right. So uh, I came up in that scene 
and also working in the Bronx and Brooklyn and Manhattan. So uh, it was a great scene at that time, a great live music scene. And uh, before all the uh, all the rules came in, the heavy drinking and driving laws and, sure. and drinking ages came down uh, and stuff like that. So it was a very healthy scene at the time. And people really came out for the music. And, and I came up in that scene. And what, what's what's interesting uh, about, uh, you know, you, you can't help but bump into an Irish pub, uh, I think, in every town on Long Island, which which is great. <laughs> and, you know, from my experiences as a, uh, an outsider, let's sort of speak, there's always songs tied to a pub and uh, a great romanticism about uh, the culture and the music of the Irish people and being so welcoming. And it's really kind of neat that a guy from Long Island is that bridge to the culture to keep things alive. I'm sure people have told you that. You know what? It's kind of been a, a full circle career for me. My grandfather came from Ireland. Okay. Cool. My grandmother. And uh, my grandfather was an Irish tenor. And oh. uh, we had him most of our lives. He lived into well into his 80s. God bless uh, so he, we'd get up and sing at every party. And I kind of took to it and uh, took to the music and, and before I knew it, uh, you know, I started out doing gigs in pubs. And then I was discovered by a guy named Patty Noonan, mm -hmm. who was pretty well known at that time uh, between the 60s, the 70s and the 80s and toured all over the United States and Canada and, and somewhat in Europe as well. Wow. And I went on the road with him. He owned a record company. I started doing some recording, got into a bit of songwriting. And before you know it, I was full blown in the Irish music scene. And <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 amazing it's an amazing niche and mm -hmm. that's actually one of the questions i ask musicians their influences uh, so you had your grandfather were, you, were your parents musical siblings that sort of thing no uh, my mom was a big fan of uh, of the of irish music and mm -hmm. irish music was playing on our house all the time growing up uh, and you also had radio programs, uh, WFUV and Fordham sure. University. Uh, this show has been going for over 50 years, the uh, Keon Legale. And that was on in the house, uh, of course, every, every I guess, Sunday. That's mm -hmm. when that's on. And, and then there were other couple of Irish shows. And the music was always in the house. So uh, I, I was inspired to start recording. And I started doing this with Patty Noonan. And we had a couple of big, successful records. And... Uh, and you know, before I knew it, I was, I was knee deep in it. So <laughs> now does this come, does this come after uh, high school? I mean, I don't know where you grew up. Yeah, yeah pretty there. much. You know, I was about 18 when I started playing. In, uh, I started out as a piano player in Manhattan. Okay. My mother's friend, Marie Lonergan was her name. And her cousin was the owner of about five big Irish places in New York city. Wow. And one of them was called Kennedy's on second Avenue and 52nd street and uh they were at at the owner jerry toner to come on give wee barbara's son a, a wee shot come on jerry come on jerry <laughs> right you know, no, no one so, could resist that kind of yeah, so, so he did he hired me and i was not very good steve i was i was awful at, at that <laughs> <laughs> i uh i pretty much as, as a piano player was very limited at the time and uh, i just I just really farted my way through the whole thing. And uh, I would play the songs I knew. Then I would mess around and play chords and make it sound like a song. And <laughs> another song would come into my head. But I took requests and, and uh, I learned. I went home and I learned these songs. And before I knew it, I was in the music business. I had a repertoire over probably a four to six month period doing that gig. Wow. And uh, yeah, that's just kind of how it started. And I would sing a song here and there, but more it was a, a piano gig. And uh, 
And then I went on from there. I went with a, a two-piece act called the Celtic Connection, and they were working a lot of the Irish places on Long Island, mm -hmm. like Katie Daly's and the Irish Coffee Pub, which is now in Islip, but it used oh, to sure. be. Oh, sure. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, so uh, I started working with that band, and before I knew it, uh, you know, we're a small scene here. We're a big scene, but a small scene at the same time, and people heard about me, this young kid on the road, and that's kind of when I got gobbled up by the Patty Noon show. Right. And, and then pretty much then I, my, my profile, of course, went, went way up, you know, being with that show and, uh, and well, doing you know, you all those recordings back then. What I find interesting, especially when you're in a particular niche, uh, how, how fruitful uh, things can be for you uh, in hindsight, I guess, as we're, as we're looking mm. back. But one of the things that, that really I find very interesting when you say, oh, I, was, I was lousy, it wasn't that good, you know, so I, pre <laughs> I appreciate that. But you learn your chops when you're when you're playing live, and and I'll say this because I've seen you. You're is, you're right. You're exactly right. I was thrown right in at the deep end, and I just had to make. I, I had to do it. You know? Yeah, but you're you're something different. There are there in my book. There are musicians. There are people who are very accomplished musicians, and there are entertainers who happen to be musicians. And you're you're one of those guys. You're one of those guys that makes that connection to the audience. That you just you must see it on their faces, you know, when 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 you you got them, you got them in, in your hands, and you're rolling from one point. To well, another. you know, as a performer, that is the performer in me is that you keep you keep working until you get them. I, I don't, I never give up, and and uh, when I walk into a room, I'm I'm among friends, and uh, so that's that's my attitude when I walk in. I I really never go in with the uh, attitude that how can I win them over. I I guess mm. I did when I was very young, but right now, you know, you have to years in the business i just walk into a room and i just feel that yeah, we're just here to have a good time you know yeah. and you notice if 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 you know yourself and you're authentic uh even through foibles and everything else the mm. people get it and they they enjoy that because they're your cheerleaders and they're there to have a good time yeah absolutely and, you know and it becomes uh, it becomes it becomes magical you know so um i mean do you, do you still play the keyboards or the piano in in your your current shows or or i do from time to time uh mm -hmm. i'm getting ready to go on the road in march and we're gonna be out, out for about two weeks and wow. uh, but uh uh, I will have a band behind me and musicians mm -hmm. behind me. We have a comedian on the road with us, actually an uh, Irish comedian that lives on Long Island. He's fabulous. His name is Mick Thomas. Okay, Mick Thomas. He'll be out with us. Uh, a young guy, probably in his late 30s, and uh, very, very funny guy from Ireland. He's, he's working in the banking business on Long Island, trying to crack it as a comedian. You know, uh, he's done all the comedy clubs and everything. So he'll be with us. I have Irish dancers. And I also have a female singer from Ireland coming over. So with those shows, I'll be out front. We have a band and, and uh, we will do theaters, performing arts centers. Mm -hmm. we, uh, we have one show on Long Island and that's going to be March the 12th. Right. And that's going to be at the Argyle Theater in Babylon. Yeah, the great new theater, by the way. For those who don't know, yeah. it's a father and son team that bought it several years ago and done uh, off-Broadway type of shows. So it was really good to see. I mean, the timing's great, right? You know, right? Yeah, I know it is. And, and and they really are amazing. A great team, father and son team that uh, that took that on. And and uh, just when they got the thing up and running and going, COVID hit. Right. <laughs> and shut them down for two years. So, uh, the, you know, 
they're amazing. They're back up and, and running again and, and uh, toughing it out. And, and uh, I'm looking forward. The show is doing well. There are tickets still available. Great. And definitely check a very cozy theater, you know, not a bad seat in the house. Yeah, it's, 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 a, be- it's a beautiful venue. So let me ask you this. We t- you touched on COVID, and uh, it's been a difficult time for everyone, huh. but oh, yeah. especially for uh, musicians and entertainers. Uh, you know, people are getting creative in a couple of different ways in the way they bring their art online, uh, in the way that they've had time to smell the roses and, and contemplate. And I think you've been pretty productive as well, right, during COVID. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like uh, March kicked in and halfway through March, we were all shut down. We were in the middle of a concert tour and uh, wow. came home and uh, four weeks later, lying in bed there at 1030, my wife says, you're going to get up. And I said, for what? I have nobody mm. to call. There's no gigs to hustle or create. Sure. I said, uh, I feel like uh, I'm I'm retired. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it too, was uh, too young. It, yeah. So it just it was like that. And I, I, another month went by. Yeah. You know, I just didn't know what to do with myself. And then I uh, saw some of my friends doing these Facebook lives and whatever. So I said, all right, I'll try that. Mm-hmm. I, I could not believe when I did my Facebook live. Uh, it was something over the hour, over 30,000 people tuned oh in over the hour. It was, a, I ended up doing three of them and mm-hmm. I really, really enjoyed it. I could not believe that here I am playing my piano in the living room in front right. of my iPhone. And there were thousands of people out there. You know, it's just a very <laughs> strange feeling. <laughs> oh, I know. And, and you know, you're, the other strange thing is you're, you're singing to a, an iPhone or a camera. Um, maybe you had a couple other people in the room with you, but that's a, a different dynamic that you oh, have. Oh, they were, they were off that. They were coming to me, Daddy, Dad, my, my kids, Dad, you have fourteen hundred eyeballs looking at you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! So it's just a, uh, it, it, it was it was amazing, and these are the things uh, that were good about you know, I mean good things come out of uh, bad situations. Agreed, so agreed. that was something. And then also I got back into songwriting. I ended up releasing six singles in Ireland and the UK. Oh, nice. Uh, during that time. And uh, most of my recordings now are played in Ireland and the UK. Wow. Uh, there are some radio programs, not anymore, not like they used to be mm-hmm. in the States. You still have WFUV and whatever, but they used to be a load of the stations. Uh, and not too many around anymore. So uh, whenever I put out music, it's usually for the Irish market or the UK market. And I get to Ireland a few times a year to do some gigs and do some shows. So I've kind of come full circle, if you will, <laughs> in, in, in the business, you know, especially going to Ireland. And I've got a brand new album that just came out. It was uh, it's coming out uh, Friday. Okay. March fourth. I'm not sure when you're going to air this podcast. Well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna air it right after March fourth because I'm gonna edit this and put it out there because the timing's the timing's right. All right. Know? So I'll just I'll just uh, I'll just say that we have a brand new album coming out. Great. <laughs> we have a brand new album that just came out, and we're very excited about it. And uh, it's called Take Her in Your Arms. Uh, uh, recorded in Ireland, my producer, Jonathan Owens. Uh, we've had some great success together, me and my producer in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Number one records and, uh, and and the country music scene over there. They call it the country and Irish scene. Oh, interesting. The Western scene. This is the country and Irish scene, which is very popular in Ireland and the UK. So nice. Very good. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we just take a short break? And when we come back, um, we're going to listen to one of those original songs from Andy and we'll, uh, we'll have him introduce it 
We'll be right back. Stick with us. And now a word from our friends at Belfast Gastropub. Hi, my name is Dave Crow, proprietor of Belfast Gastropub in beautiful downtown Lindenhurst. We are the heartbeat of the village, serving exceptional dishes throughout the day, created by our executive chef, James Tomlinson. Whether it's to dine in our purpose-built outdoor dining area that seats 60 persons, or to enjoy a pint or a cocktail at our 40-foot mahogany bar, we also have a private catering room that can accommodate up to 60 guests. Love stories begin at Belfast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Steve Yusko with uh, Gig Destiny, and I'm with uh, Andy Cooney. And Andy, we're going to do one of your original songs. So if you can tell us a little bit behind the scenes uh, so we can peel back the onion on the song, and then uh, we'll give a treat to our audience. All right. I think the track you're going to play, Steve, is On the Eighth Day. And uh, I'll tell you a little bit about this uh, particular song. Um, as I was telling you, in Ireland, uh, the country music is is uh, pretty popular, but they have their own brand of country music, country and Irish. So it's country music with a bit of an Irish twist to it, if you will. But this is a song that I had written back in the early 90s, and I was knocking on doors in Nashville at that time as a songwriter. And uh, this song got chopped around Nashville. I was writing uh, for Gatlin Brothers Music, Larry Gatlin. Sure. And that's when I first met Larry and... Uh, he, he kind of took me under his wing at that time and oh, really? we had a relationship for about five years, you know, doing a bit of writing for his company. And uh, so anyway, uh, Alan Jackson actually t- held the song for about six months. And I was, I, we were all like, my God, if he cuts it, we'll, we'll all be sitting in a, in a bit of a, they call mailbox, mailbox money, they call it. You go out to the yeah. mailbox and there's a check, you know? <laughs> yeah. The nice, the nice surprises that come in from residuals. Yeah. So, uh, Actually, yeah, he held it, but he, he didn't. He didn't cut it, and it sat there for yeah. many, many years. About twenty years, it sat there, mm. and uh, until this uh, uh, this uh, this country album came along, uh, I, I had always liked the the scene in Ireland, the country music scene, but I really wasn't in it because I was in the Irish music scene here, and right. the, the Irish music that they play out here, they don't really play in Ireland. So. Uh, I said, you know, the hell with it. I'm going to throw my hat in the ring. I know a lot of the DJs there. And uh, so I connected with the record company there and I told them what I was going to do. And and that was that. They said, go ahead, Andy, we'll pop it out and see what happens with it. You know, you'll we'll give it, you know, the full the full treatment. You know, it'll be a full wow. release. It's a big deal. Yeah, it's so, not easy. Yes, yeah, so we did everything. We did a video. We did the, the video is really cool on YouTube. And uh, I connected with a, another. Uh, there's another writer on the song, John Alexander, who I met through Larry Gatlin. And through writing down there. And also, uh, I brought in Jimmy Kelly, who uh, he's my drummer. He's been doing a lot of writing in Nashville. He writes with a lot of the top writers down there at the moment. So we kind of brought the song up to date and, and uh, put it out there. And we had a, a, a number one record. It was great. It really, it, it's a very catchy tune. And I like to preface with the song that it took the Lord six days to create the world. He rested on the seventh day, and this is what happened on the eighth day. (laughs) Very good. So let's listen to the song, and we'll be right back. So hang on. It took the Lord just six days to make the mountains. Began, but there was more to 
seventh day just to rest and then on the eighth day God created music he put the leaves in the breeze and made a ringing tambourine and he gave the wind a song and the birds they sang along and the world joined in perfect harmony it didn't take too long to spread throughout the a great song it's just very upbeat very enjoyable and i think it's one of those songs especially in these times people looking for hope and, and joy and fun and that's a fun song it's a fun tune and i actually wrote uh we actually have a, another verse actually myself and uh john alexander the the original two writers of the song uh we uh, we never recorded it because number one the song would have been too long for radio to record okay. another verse, but I do it in the show live and I and I'll, I'll say to the audience, would you like to know what happened on the ninth day? <laughs> yeah. Great. So 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 it goes like this: the ninth day goes on the ninth day when everybody heard the greatest band in the whole wide world. And they try to get the people to clap for us. <laughs> and God made the cities and the country towns. And millions of folks to hear the sound. And then on the eighth day, God created music. Yeah, so. Great stuff. Yeah, so that. that, that so tell me. That, tell was, me a, that was a fun tune. Tell know. me about the collaborative effort, because I find it very interesting. I talk to a lot of musicians, because I'm really curious. Some guys are lone rangers. 
you know, in the way they approach it. Some guys are, hey, I'm the melody guy and I work with a lyricist, you know, my friend yeah. Mike, New Mike Nugent, who you know, has sure. been working for a guy, a guy who lives in Columbia now for decades. And they just have a, a nice marriage to make music. So how did, how did the collaboration that come? That particular song, I had been sitting with that idea. You know, we've heard the uh, different, I've heard different ideas for On the Eighth Day, God Created, uh, you know, like you said, the Irish or <laughs> right, <laughs> whatever. Uh, I had been thinking. I thought I thought music was a perfect uh, thing that God possibly would have done on, on the on the eighth day. You know, sure, sure. Uh, so I, I I knew I had a great idea. I had a few lines, and I had met John Alexander through uh, Larry Gatlin. He's a mm -hmm. writer, also worked for Reader's Digest at the time, mm -hmm. and uh, he was. They were putting out a whole Gatlin Brothers package for Reader's Digest, and that's how I kind of met him through that. He lives in Brooklyn, New York, but writes a lot of country. And uh, so we got together. I brought that idea to him, and then we sat down and we just started writing. And nice. the words started coming out, you know? Yeah, sometimes and it just flows, right? It does. I mean, actually, myself and Larry Gatlin wrote a song, and it's on the new album. It's called Come Tennessee Me Tonight. Oh, yes. Is that the one that uh, you did a video with uh, Larry? You did a video with Larry. Right, right. Happened, Very clever. Was, uh, we, I was doing the, the – Larry invited me on the Grand Ole Opry with him. Oh, so nice. uh, so we did the Opry, and, and I was staying at Larry's that night. So on the way home, I'm just saying, hey, Larry, anybody ever write anything like, come Tennessee me tonight? You know, yeah. I'm just playing around with words. He goes, hell, I don't think so, but we're going to write it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and we wrote that song, come Tennessee me tonight. We probably wrote that song in 30 minutes. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> you know, it was just, you know, uh, and Larry just started with the guitar. If you feel like you've worn out, you're welcome in Texas. Come Tennessee me tonight. Oh, and then nice. he came up with another line that didn't make it uh, in the song. If you think that you want to know, you girls want to know what good sex is, come Tennessee <laughs> me tonight. We had so many, we had so many bloody lines to that tune. <laughs> uh, I mean, we threw out, I, I would say, 50 lines and had to settle for, you know, whatever the <laughs> whatever the final version was. We, 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 uh, we picked. <laughs> but, that, but that's the that's the way to do it. You know, It'll, it's like creative writing. You know, you just you yeah. don't edit till the end. You know, you start you, every idea, throw it against the wall, spitball it, get it oh, out there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and well, Gatlin's great to do that with. Is he? he yeah. Is, he is a fabulous writer and he was a kind of a, like you said, a lone writer for many years, like mm. uh, him writing with people. This is just only something he started doing. That's you interesting. Know? So I think it's because we have a great friendship and uh, we just, you know, we weren't, I'm definitely not going to try to top, top Larry Gatlin when I'm writing a song or whatever. So I, I, you know, we had great mutual respect for each other and we just started spitballing and throwing stuff out there and, well, just, well, just, kind of just, just, just being in the company of these accomplished people is, is yeah. interesting. And I'll, I'll say this about you. And, and you were talking about your shows and, and who you have involved with it. And I, I tell you, it's taking that idea of being collaborative and now paying it forward to the people that you're bringing up with you. You know, the, the young musicians who are getting a start or the comedian in your show. Uh, I know it fills out a show, but... A lot of people don't always share the stage when they're on the stage. And that I think that's really important, you know, on, on how you approach that, you know? No, no. Well, thank you. And also, well, this particular show is the Irish Cabaret. Okay. And Cabaret is variety. So sure. um, so that's kind of what the show that we sold uh, for this March. All right. So you, you were forced into it then. 
<laughs> you know what? I, I have to be honest with you, Steve. Yeah. I, I love working with people. You know, I really do. Uh, working with different people. Uh, some artists like to be out there on stage the whole time. I'll be honest with you. I, I mean, I I don't like breaking breaking my you know what out there. I like to go out there, have fun. I have no problem with somebody coming out and doing something, and then I come back on and, and do a few things. I mean, that's that's me anyway. You know, that's I great. Just, one yeah. one of the one of the guests. Uh, so I, I got connected uh, to Andy through my my guitar teacher, Mike Nugent. And Mike is just a wonderful musician and a producer. And it's just a, just a great old thing. We got to do a gig together one of these days, me and Mike. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But I remember he uh, he was telling me about a cruise that you went on. And uh, and Shannon, he was uh, he was uh, playing along with Shannon Breeze at that time. That's right. That's right. right. And you had you had that cruise. Tell me, tell me about that cruise. Was that have you done many of those? And let's talk well, about your travel. The cruise that they all came on is a cruise I just came off. And it's called, oh, okay. the of, it's called the Cruise of Irish Stars. And I put it together in 1998. Mm -hmm. uh, that was the first one. And we brought a few hundred people on that cruise. And it, it's grown to as high as 1,700. Nice. And what cruise line we, was that, Andy? We were on Princess. Oh, we just good, great line. Great line. So yeah. uh, with COVID and everything, and it left January the 29th. So about a month before then, if you might remember that the CDC mm -hmm. uh Kind of put the cruise line thing out there saying it was unsafe where i don't agree <laughs> right, i right. have my own opinion about that because you have you had to be tested going onto the ship you know within 48 hours and every crew member is, is tested every two days wow and and you wouldn't believe how immaculate the ship was and we had no cases of covid well that's great. Right. Thank, thank God. But but what it did, it, it we had about seven hundred people booked and, and like like an avalanche people were canceling. Mm. So we ended up with uh four hundred. So I was happy enough that, that the cruise actually happened and didn't cancel. And uh, it's booking like crazy for next year. We're already over five hundred people. Booked. Well, I think there's there's that backlog yeah. of uh hey, look, I want to go on vacation too. <laughs> You know, it's just... and, and what's cool about the cruise is that, uh, again, I, I involved myself with a lot of entertainers. Uh, Ronan Tynan, the Irish tenor. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah Ronan comes with us. We're, we're best of pals, me and Ronan. Oh, nice. And uh, then I have about maybe 10 or 12 bands, Irish bands that come. Uh, and uh, people have a great time. It's a full music package for them. It's uh, people come from all over the country that love Irish music. That's you great. There is it. When you, I'm thinking about the the you know as a young man the different vacations that I've gone on. I've gone on with friends that I I might not, and they probably say the same thing about me. I don't know if I, I like the same vacation that Steve does, and so on and so forth. But when you get on a cruise with people, everyone who generally goes on a cruise, if it's not their first one, likes it. You're in a, you're you're and for you as an artist, you're developing this community of like-minded people who enjoy what you're what you're presenting oh yeah and they come year after year we all like a family on board and people so look forward to coming back year after year you know i've been doing this cruise for i guess 23 24 years wow. 24, you know so 24 years anyway this is my 24th mm -hmm. uh, so you know people might not come this year or next year maybe they were on five years ago and they give it a break and they come back you know right so, uh, and they just pick up where they left off and we all celebrate together. We all have a good time. Uh, the entertainers I, I bring, especially Ronan, uh, so great with the people, you know, nice. his, right. his office is in the casino. So 
<laughs> he announces on stage, if he, you know, if you want to come see me, come to my office. I'm usually at the blackjack table. And I'm sure the, I'm sure the cruise line loves that for sure. Oh yeah. So, uh, so we have a, we just have a great time. Nice. Really so, so you also do uh, trips to Ireland as well. You said you get there several times a year. Do you do yeah. mul- multiple you know, tours, I guess, with, with guests or how do you approach that? Well, basically I, I go to Ireland on a couple of capacities. Uh, I'll go over to perform. Mm-hmm. You know, we might set up a, a week or two of dates, you know, but I also run a trip to Ireland. So I'm going in May and I'm also going in October. So Larry Gatlin was to be with me in May and we we were doing we're doing Ireland and Liverpool. He has his new contract from the Grand Ole Opry and he's not able to. Oh, too bad. No, he's not able to get out of it uh, to come. So uh, that's all right. Everybody's still coming. Thank God. Right. And uh, then we're going again in October. And uh, that's starting to buck up. So Ireland is open for business finally. So uh, they're just starting to, you know, things are really starting to pick up over there now. That's that's good to know. So so tell me, in looking at your bio and, you know, you've been in Carnegie Hall like at least nine times or so. Tell me about some of the more memorable places, good and bad, as, as far as where you've gigged. Oh, God, you know. People will ask me, uh, you know, some of my favorite places where I played. And I, I just have to say it's wherever I've spent the most time. Mm. You know, I have a, a special place that I perform in once or twice a year, and that's Pinehurst, North Carolina. Okay. And for some reason, it, they're just it's just a community that has we've taken to each other. Oh, okay. And uh, I also have a group called the New York Tenors. Oh, yes, and yeah. So we were down, we were down in Pinehurst doing that. I've been down, you know, singing at different events, you know, PGA events. They'll bring me in, yeah. uh, you know, just I made a lot of great friends down there. I also play golf. So, you know, oh, well, yeah, just uh, so, so happens that. to work out for you. <laughs> so it works out pretty well. I'll be there again. Uh, I was I was just there in December with the New York Tenors. I was back there in June with the New York Tenors. Uh, and now I'm back there again with the Irish Cabaret on, wow. uh, in the in the beautiful Carolina Hotel beautiful five-star hotel will be there with the cabaret nice. uh, on December on uh, March 10th. So are um, you, are you pretty much back and forth between Ireland and the UK? And, you know, do you, have you gone across the country with, with your music or do you stick to the East coast and, and uh, no, I, I, I mean, it's, it, it's basically, it is basically the East coast and the Eastern seaboard, if you will. Florida is a big market for me, as you can imagine with sure all the retired folks down there from, um, from New York, Detroit, you know, Cleveland, and Canada, yeah, Boston, Canada, yeah. So Florida's a great market for me. Uh, used to get out to California a few times. Uh, just, uh, just haven't been out there in a while. I've been out there with the New York Tenors. New York Tenors is kind of a a, a show that has, uh, you know, it's it's not an Irish show. So we we celebrate New York. We sing songs of Broadway, opera, right. and you celebrate diversity, which is what and I really like about it. Yeah, we have uh, Daniel Rodriguez, the singing cop from 9-11. Uh, Christopher Macchio, who's a powerful Italian tenor. He's actually Donald Trump's favorite tenor. <laughs> and Donald flies him in whenever he can. In fact, uh, the last time he sang for, for Donald was at the RNC. He had him. He oh, sang at the, at the balcony of the White House. He sang the Ave Maria. Wow. So, uh, so he's quite a powerful, powerful talent, Chris. How long have you been doing the, uh, the New York tenors? New York Tenors. Uh, uh, I've been doing New York Tenors, I would say, for about 12 years. Wow. Okay, great. 10, 
Yeah, 10, 12 years. So that was, uh, that was a new thing for me because uh, uh, as you heard my voice in the, on the eighth day, I, might, I don't sound exactly like a tenor <laughs> on that. But when I, uh, when I started singing with those guys, I, I got an opera coach. Oh, okay, sure. And I said, I got to learn how to do this. Yeah. Uh, these guys are, as I used to tell them, listen, you guys can sing me under the table, but I can drink you under the table. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, you know what? You always, a true artist is always going to hone his craft. And and that's and you know you're you're venturing off into it was something it, it, is pretty scary. <laughs> it, it was, but you know what? I I went to my my coach, and I I said I, I don't know I, I I guess I'm a baritone, you know. Mm -hmm. So he starts bringing me up the scale, and he says, "No, he says you're a tenor." Oh wow! He says you have this extra gear that kicks in. He says that I don't have because he says I'm a baritone. Wow. So, okay. So. I was a tenor, and then I further my studies. Who the, the guy that really brought me along was a, a coach from Freeport, Long Island, named Michael Krause. Okay, and he he uh, prepared me for my first Carnegie Hall. I sang with a symphony, and then when the New York ten tenors came along, he he really got my voice in gear, and I got to learn really how the voice works, nice. and how to generate power. And uh, I have a Christmas album. Uh, I'll have to get you a couple of tracks, Steve, and yeah, you'll be yeah. able to hear me. Uh, I sing a Destiny and I catch the high C at the oh, end. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's the tenor's big note is to yeah, get the high sure, C. Sure. So he got me there. You know, I couldn't hit one for you now, but. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to put you on the spot or, you know, I can cut in a digital C <laughs> later to make everything look good. But, um, you know, uh, what I really appreciate in, 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 in doing my little homework on you is, is the community that you've surrounded yourself with. Uh, one with the traveling and the cruises and and the niche of uh, country Irish music in the UK and what you do here in the United States. But of, what I also was surprised is that you're a podcaster as well. Yes, that's, that's another thing that happened during the pandemic. I was uh, my wife was like, "Do something." I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> right, right. We're, yeah, we're getting too close. Yeah, my my Irish wife says that all the time. So what happened was, I'll be honest with you. What happened was a friend of mine up at WHLI, Stu Schrager, up there. Mm -hmm. We had talked about doing a radio program for a while, uh, and uh, he said, "Well, why don't you?" Like, dude, can you do like a sample show? This way, I can let my our you know, higher ups, you know, right. see what they think. And so I, I said, okay. So I kind of, uh, I had a, I had a, um, a little uh, thing that you could plug a microphone in, and then you can plug it into your computer. Sure. Uh, you know, a little interface thing that I yeah, had. A little pre, little preamp. Yep. Yeah, a little preamp. Exactly. It was uh, made by Personas. I, I had bought it years ago. Mm -hmm. Like it, I'm terrible for buying stuff like that. I buy it, I set it up, and then I learn how to record one track, and then, and then I put it. Then I don't come back to it until about five years later. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll I'll do some shoplifting at your house. Just invite me over. I'll clear the dust off stuff for you. So that was that. Somebody said, and then a friend of mine said, "Well, try to download this Audacity. That will be easy to right. work with." So, so basically, I I on the fly, I just figured it out and I put a show together and. um I sent it to them. He really liked it. Uh, but then, of course, you know, in, in the music business, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you don't hear from people anymore. Right. Hurry, <laughs> hurry up and wait. Thank you very much. And we'll call you. you someday. Hey, yeah, thank you very that much. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I sat there with it and I let a few people hear it. And a friend of mine said, why don't you put it up on a podcast? I said, well, I've heard a podcast, but what the hell is that? Yeah, right. He says, it's, it's really like it's a radio program that people can hear at any time they want. 
you know, they just click, you know, they can follow you and you, you know. So I did, I popped it up there and the first episode got something like 3000 downloads. Right. Well, the name helps. Yeah. I mean, so I did, you know, so I threw it out there and uh, I think we're, I think we're somewhere. I did the entire season and I think we're about 300,000 downloads. Good for you. Overall for 25 shows. I just started uh, season two, and but now that I'm starting to get busy, I, I hope I can keep it going. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, yeah. Exactly. It's the con- consistent. What I learned is the consistency about it. We both use uh, Buzzsprout, which is a great RSS feed. Uh, put a little plug in for them. Maybe yes. Uh, yeah. Buzzfeed. Exactly. Buzz, Buzzsprout. Buzzfeed. Buzzfeed. Right. Uh, yeah. Sproutcast. Buzz- <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> something like that. But yeah, I, I'll tell you, it was and, and the consistency that was one thing because I did some homework on it, and they said the only way you have to be consistent. So I did 25 episodes. I was pretty religious to it every 10 days, and I, I got it out there. So now I, I I'll, I'll try again. I'm going on the road, of course, uh, this weekend. So I'll be out for two weeks. So I'll, I'll have another show ready to go. Uh, right, to- but this is you know something you can do you can do while you're on the road as well. Um, mm. What I found, what I, I find kind of magical about it is, uh, you know, uh, I hop from one person to the next. You know, I, I'll, I'll have somebody. Oh, you got to have this guy. You got to have this guy. Got, you know, give me the names. We'll reach out to them. And they're, they're my Johnny Appleseeds out there saying, oh, I had a fun time with Steve. And you know what? If you want to get your music out there, a podcast is a really unique way to do it because you get lost in the shuffle. You can, you know, for the up and comers. um well, what I did with yeah. this podcast, yeah. which was kind of cool, and you see, they have uh, they have Irish music programs here, as I told you, not as many as they used to, but they're pl- still playing a lot of the old stuff that came out 20, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm in the scene in Ireland and the UK, and I know the new stuff that's gotcha. out there in the country scene and the new Irish music coming out, some of the really good stuff that's not getting played out here. So, uh, so actually, it's been an avenue, and I'm hearing from all kinds of my friends in Ireland and the UK. They're so delighted to get their music played out here. Nice. Yeah. So well, say- I'm able to introduce a lot of new Irish music, new artists, uh, and uh, it's been great, you know. So what I recognize is I'm an oracle because I called you the ambassador and the bridge for Irish music. So it go the bridge goes two ways, which I think is great. It's, exactly. It's, well, that's, that's exactly right. It's sowing the seeds. And if you can give exposure to great art, man, you're blessed for it, really, in, in, in many ways. So uh, we're going to take another break. And when we come back, we're going to get into another song. We'll keep it a secret. Oh, so people okay. come right. Yeah, well, you know, you got to have a little mystery, you know, and we'll, okay. be, we'll be right back. Are you a singer songwriter who wants to take your music to the next level and you need some professional musicians? and really that expertise to help you along, well, check out Melts in Your Ears Studio. It's Mike Nugent's studio. If you like what you've heard here today, Mike's the guy who can make the connections, put the tracks together, and give you a quality product. Check it out. Welcome back, everybody. Steve Yusko here, your host. I'm with Andy Cooney, and I think we're having a good time, aren't we, Andy? I am. I was going to see, are we having fun yet? But uh, <laughs> Not at all. Not at all, Steve. This has been really enjoyable. Thank you. Th- thank you for being here. So we're going to jump into, tell us about the next song that we're going to uh, put out there for our audience and uh, 
tell me a little bit about the album. I understand your son Ryan plays on the album, so I'm really interested. In yeah, actually, yeah. Well, my son Ryan, if, uh, we wrote a song uh, during the pandemic called "We're All in This Together." Mm. Uh, you know, we. What can I say? I was Apropos. lying in bed, and every time he turned the TV on, it was "We're All in This Together." We're all in this together. And I said, "The hell with it! I'm writing a song." <laughs> So, uh, so the lyrics are, we're all in this together. Together we are one. Mm -hmm. We know that it won't last forever if we're all in this together. So that's that's the chorus. And then uh, I had written the first verse, and I was down at the piano working it out. And Ryan came over and said, I like that. He, he, and then he just started coming out with the second verse. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Ryan's a nice little songwriter. So uh, so uh, we we recorded it together. He's a very talented singer. He's kind of like a Stevie Wonder kind oh, really? of kind hmm. of singer, real R and B kind of singer. There's a video on YouTube. You have to check it out, and, and you can see him and hear just how talented he is. Well, what I'll do, what I always do with my podcast, anything that we mention and the people we mention, I, I do chapter breakouts with links to all these things, so people can find out more information. Those are stationary. Look at their phone. Yeah, definitely. If you could share that link, oh, people happy, will enjoy it. Happy to but do this, so. But this song that you're going to play. It's called Take Me Back to Dublin, Where I Fell in Love. <laughs> so, so this was the first thing that I had written, you know, during the pandemic. You know, I was trying to get back into songwriting. I got to do something here. So sure. Um, so I'd, uh, I had the idea for this song and I, I had written it. Came to the second verse. I was trying to open up the second verse. And I'm saying to my wife, Susanna, I said, you lived in Dublin. Mm -hmm. I said, you know. Give me some stuff. She says, well, we always used to meet at that big clock at Cleary, at Cleary Shopping, uh, you know, center on uh, on O'Connell Street. And that, from there, you can cross the bridge and you'll you'll be in Temple Bar and, you know, uh, all those great, great places in Dublin. And I said, well, that's perfect. So <laughs> the second verse opens up with pretty much uh, beneath the clock at Cleary's on O'Connell Street, we'd meet. From there, we crossed the bridge holding hands on Grafton Street. We laughed and sang in Temple Bar, and from there, it's not too far. It's there I stole a kiss from you underneath the Irish stars. Oh, you how know. nice. Yeah, so, yeah. So it, it was just, it set up the, the second verse perfectly, and and and, and the song just, just happened. And uh, to give another writer credit on there, uh, his name is Jeffrey Teague. He's a Nashville writer and somebody I do a lot of stuff with. Mm -hmm. Danny Nashville, a, a great assistance to me with the New York Tenors. He's super guy. He used to be the head of Word Records. Oh, okay. Christian label in uh, Nashville. Uh, so uh, I had written this song, and and he he heard a couple of lines. So he did changed a couple of lines for me. So he, he has a credit on the song as well. Jeffrey Very T. good. All right, mm -hmm. and here it is. Take me back to Dublin. Enjoy. Take me back to Dublin where I fell in love Take me back to Dublin where I fell in love Some folks when they fall in love they'll take a flight to Spain Or walk the streets of London in the sweet soft summer rain In Paris love the air you can lose your place in time now i'm coming back to where you are and leaving all behind take me back to dublin where i fell in love 
It's there that I met you And it's you I'm dreaming of I can't believe I left the one God set from up above Take me back to Dublin Where I fell in love Take me back to Dublin Where I fell in love Beneath the clock at Cleary's On O'Connell Street we'd meet From there we crossed the bridge Holding hands on Grafton Street We laughed and sang in Temple Bar We didn't need to go too far Then from you I stole a kiss Underneath the Irish stars Take me back to Dublin Where I fell in love It's there that I met you And it's you I'm dreaming of I can't believe I left the one God set from up above Take me back to Dublin Where I fell in love Take me back to Dublin where I fell in love. Oh, I held you on Port Marnock Beach in the evening time. We continued up the road of peace to loving Malahide. As long as I'm with you and you are there with me, there's no other place in this world I'd rather be. Hey, I tell you, Andy, that was a great song. It, it really nice. What I really like the way you explain the lyrics is those people who know Dublin and you pull out these little things, these little memories to, that they can reminisce and connect to the song immediately. I could just see a husband looking at a wife going, oh, yeah, I met you under that clock. Or, and another one of my another favorite part of that song is the bridge. And uh, for, you know, I was just thinking about uh, places I've been to in Dublin that I know pretty well. And uh, as you get down to Port Marnock, <clears throat> right on right on right on the bay, Dublin Bay, <clears throat> you know, it's it's just absolutely gorgeous there. So I, the, the bridges I held you in the evening. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'll forget it. It's not coming to me now. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <It's a> bridge. <laughs> bridge is one of my favorite parts of the song. Nice oh, nice. oh, I held you. I have it. Oh, I held you on Park Marnock Beach in the evening time and continued up the road a piece to lovely Malahide. As long as I'm with you and you're and you are here with me, there's nowhere other place in the world I'd rather be. So um, so it, it's just a nice little bridge, but it really ties the whole thing together. You know? Nice. Very nice. So you've got an up, uh, a show coming up here on March 12th. Uh, right in my hometown of Babylon Village. Are you the- kidding? What a great, I love that town. 
great yeah, restaurants, we, everything. Yeah, Bab- Babylon's one of those towns that survived the '70s when they built all the malls, and it's still it still thrived. Uh, you know, and you know, uh, my my attorney uh, had an old building. He's passed on now. You might have met him before. Uh, right across from the post office and next to that diner or, or uh, diner looking place mm-hmm. on Merrick Road. His name was Kevin Patrick Brosnahan. Okay. And he, he had that old building. He was my lawyer for many years. He was also a freelance scout for the New York Yankees. Oh, wow. And, and did lots of baseball contracts and everything. And he was quite a character in the in, in the Babylon area. There's a lot of people that do know did know him. So Yeah, we've we've got a lot of characters and uh yeah, so hopefully too many of the crazy characters don't go to see your show, but uh I'm sure you're gonna do Oh, I hope they come. You kidding? No, you're gonna uh, <laughs> look, I know you're gonna fill that that theater. Uh, I know my mother-in-law is going to be there with with her gang, so uh, yeah, it's it's a great time. It's a great theater, by the way, that uh, was taken over by a father and son team uh, from Merrick, if I'm uh, I'm correct. And it was an old movie theater or a movie theater that was they broken did, they up. They did a beautiful yeah. job, uh, and the shows they're producing are fabulous. We went to see Legally Blonde there, and. Uh, you know, I, I said, all right, well, I saw the movie, so <laughs> right. how, how could this be? You know, a, a musical, I couldn't even, you know, I couldn't even imagine that. And I have to tell you, we had a ball and the nice. people were so talented. Uh, so, I mean, this is, you are seeing a top class, top talent, uh, top production, anything yep. that they put on over there. So And, and they survived COVID, which, uh, which they did, yeah. Which could not have been easy. So that's coming up on March 12th. Andy, tell me about the other events because you're way booked. Tell me the other events that you have coming up. I know well, the, things um, are just starting to um, come together. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm doing an Irish festival up in East Orange, New York. Mm-hmm. Not like I have an, uh, enough to do organizing all this stuff. They've asked me to organize the East Orange Irish Festival. So wow. now uh, I'm wearing my business cap and performing cap. And so that will be Memorial Day weekend in the northern Catskill Mountains. And uh, so that's the next big thing coming up. Uh, and then, of course, Carnegie Hall, uh, December the 12th. One thing I did this year, we're doing it again next year. Uh, and I did it about three times at the Long Island Marriott. And it was uh, New Year's Eve. Ah. And what it is for uh, this year's package was for 239 you got the room, you got the uh, the meal, open bar, our band, of course, our band that uh, at New Year's Eve, we, we play mostly dance music, sure. kind of a different program from what we would do, you know, at the Argyle. And uh, we ended up with uh, 200 people this year. Uh, we had 350, and of course, again, the CDC. And, right, uh, you, had the, you had the limitations, yeah. And so. then uh, if you turned on the TV, it was like, 40,000 people will die in three weeks, you know, it's like... <laughs> So, uh, but we ended up with 200. We were very happy. So uh, next year, I think we're going to be up to about 350, 400. Oh, absolutely. I think there's that backlog and people really enjoy the entertainment that you bring. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So I I, got to tell you, I really want to thank you. You are definitely part of the Long Island Sound. Uh, You you know, uh, there are over 7 million, I think close to 8 million people here on Long Island uh, and 99% 99% of them become Irish in the next couple of weeks, including, my, <laughs> including myself. So this is, this is really timely. Uh, I look forward. I'd love to have you back again. I think there's, this is just the tip of the iceberg of what we can discuss and uh, your stories are great. And I think you have some great insight, um, even for those new singer songwriters of 
how to put your uh, nose to the grindstone and make it work because it's not easy. There's a lot of work behind the scenes. It really is. And, uh, you know, all I can say is that, you know, we all have our own journeys in the music business. Mm-hmm. Some people go out and get big record, record deals. And, and uh, but, you know, I've, I've kind of navigated my way through the business and I've been able to make a few bucks at it, thank God. And I love what I do. And I hope, hope I can just continue to do it as long as I, as long as I can. Well, that's part of it. Uh, a good friend of mine named Bob Murray, a nice Irish fella from Garden City. Uh, and I always leave with these words at the end of the podcast. You know, we can always account for what's in our bank account, uh, you know, the things that we own. What we can never account for is how much time we have. And so the time that you've given me today is is precious to me, and I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Steve, and, and all your podcast listeners. And come over to the dark side, to the Andy Cooney's New York Irish Hour. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll have to learn a couple okay. of Irish tunes. And I'll be a guest. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Till next time, this is the Long Island Sound. And thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today. I appreciate the time you spent with us. Please subscribe and comment and visit us at gigdestiny.com. Till next time, be generous with your joy, keep your spirits high, and let the music take you on a journey. Be well. Peace. Thanks so much for listening. Please rate, review, and comment on the show. We really love to hear from you. And call our listener line at 631-800-3579. Again, thanks so much. Be well.